Westyheim, yeah. Wow. We're back. We, we we really could do riff wars. That could I, that could ugh. Riff Wars could be a segment. You just did. What are you talking about? That was a lucky run. That was a lucky run. You've been on a lucky run. You've been on a lucky run, Darren Chris. But she stumbles a lot. Like I I hear stumble runs all the time that I do. Like, why did I do that? I could have just sang the note straight and I had to do that lick. But I yeah, I'm not a I I don't do runs. I've only heard you bat a thousand, truly. And I've I've I feel like I've seen you you perform a lot. And you really like you just there's no need for any bells and whistles with anything you do you just you really have such a crisp clear as a bell voice Darren Chris I appreciate that I truly this admire. but you know as well as I do those takes or those shows those nights where you go oops really biffed yeah, oh. that one and then you look at all the phones that are recording you and you're like I really hope they don't upload those to the internet <laughs> like what you yeah, know this like what's the worst show those. you've ever played like, you know, you, like, what's oh the time you God. go, I really biffed it on that one because I have a whole you know, list. I also, but this is for me, thing, not you. And, and I've always said this. I think that the audience actually likes when you mess up because <laughs> that I? makes it because no, because that's what makes their the show that they've seen special. I know that when I see live music and the band like will like stop the song, and be like, no, 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 we have to do that again or something like that. That's like, for better, for worse, I remember that as like, oh, I was there when blah, 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 forgot the words to their hit song and had yeah, to start it over again. Yeah, but that's endearing. That's like an ah uh, moment. But I'm talking about like singing a song that people know and then you just like totally fuck the landing. Then you And you like, and it's and everybody knows it and everybody feels it, but you got to keep going. That kind of thing. You're like, ooh, uh, all right. Sweet. Are, but are you, I mean, when I do that, I'm self-aware enough at the end of the song to be like, well, that was pretty shitty. Yeah, no, I I, I do that as well. But <laughs> when you see that shit on the internet, because I have a list of my least favorite performances of myself where I really blew it, that I want to, because, you know, I'm the guy that wants to comment like, this dude sounds like shit, because the clip cuts off always right before the part where I went, uh, guys, I didn't sound very good. I, I, I screwed right. that up. But now it exists in the internet devoid of that context and that follow-up that I have, like, I want to go, like, I need to go to those vid- people who have those videos and own up to it and say, I just want Ex- you to know that I know this is right. subpar. Or just ask them to upload the rest of the video. Shit. Yeah. But you know, that would be give, too convenient. Give the people some context. Oh, man. I know one Context of these days maybe everything. I'll make a list and let people, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let our listeners know which ones they are. So at least they know what well, there's my a, there's are. Well, there's a lot. I think that, I I think I'm too, again, I'm, I think I'm too self-aware enough to let shit like that slide within myself. So, but I also think that that's, you know, that's, again, I, I, I'm definitely not batting a thousand when it comes to my performances. But again, you know, no one asked, you know, What's his face? Who painted a starry night? Van Gogh? Yeah. No one asked Van Gogh to play. No, like no one asked him to, you know, paint a starry, starry night again every single night. Could he have painted a starry, Ah, starry night every night exactly the way that the painting 
That's true. Do you know what I mean? No. no, I like that. You're absolutely right. I love that idea that, yeah, if you're an artist, like having to replicate the same thing, it's not going to always be the same thing. Yeah, you can't. It's not going to be exactly the same and it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be exactly the way. That's the, the beauty and the curse of live performance. Of live performance. That's also what I love so much about it is like it's a moment in time. It happens and now people are able to capture it on their phones and that's, you know, just kind of par for the course now. But I do love me, that idea. That you have to like create the, you know, I think I'd made this joke with you before when one of our non-recorded conversations, but when you guys played the Grammys, something occurred to me that occurs to me anytime a person who's nominated has to perform where it's so unfair because so the Oscars, you did this thing like conceivably a year ago, if not more, Right, you're done. You just get to show up, look as good as you can and you don't have to do anything other than just be there. Yeah. As opposed to like the Tonys and the Grammys where it's like not only you're nominated, you got to do the thing. And so I always thought it'd be funny if like Meryl Streep is nominated for an Oscar again for the millionth time. <laughs> right. They have to go. And now a scene, a monologue, right. a monologue. from Meryl Streep. And she has to go up and do it in costume oh. and hair and makeup. And she actually has to do the fucking thing. Like that is. I wish. It, that is I so tough that, that you have to do happen. that. I know. It'd be fair, right? Like, at the Tonys, yes. I'll never forget. Like, I'll sit next to somebody who's nominated for an award. They will, especially for the ladies, like, they go to the red carpet, they have their hair and makeup done, they have their outfit for the red carpet. Then they sit down, and then somewhere during the show, they gotta go backstage, get into new hair and makeup for another thing, perform the thing in front of everybody in real time, work their fucking ass off, then get back into their outfit, sit back down, and have the Tony people say, and the Tony does not go to you. Right. Oh. <laughs> like, what? What a nightmare, dude. Oh. That is such a tough rap. Like, they, these people work their asses off. So anyway, yes, that is funny. It'd be funny if, like, every time you saw Starry Night, you had to watch Van Gogh actually make it in front yeah. of you. <laughs> and make it exactly the way that it was the first time. And people are like, oh, it's not like the it's not like the one I like. It's not like right. the, it's not like the, so the like, NFT I have. Ex- yeah, well, oh. one of these days we'll get into the nitty gritty of NFTs because I find it fascinating slash questionable. I don't know. I actually don't know how I feel. It's still about the Wild West. Um, speaking of nitty gritty, let's get into the nitty gritty of the first episode. What'd you think of it? How'd I, you, like you it? know, my, I got a phone call from my father who listened to it. He said two things. First thing he said was. Darren Chris is very smart. That was out the gate. First thing he said. Second thing he said was, I don't know if I wanted to know about you losing your virginity. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you. You actually were vague about it. We talked. We talked. We kind of danced around it without saying anything. Yeah. I think from what I recall, that would yes. make a parental unit nervous. I think I maybe think I think I'm it's more dad. like, what do I know? Right. I do think in general, I know when I'm a parent, I'm probably going to feel the same way. I'm probably not going to want to know about that. I'm going to want to be open to talking about that whenever my my future child comes to me with questions or concerns or anything. I'm going to be very much open to talking about it. However, it's not going to be something that I am actively going to anticipate and want to know about. Do you know what I mean? Well, just remember everything that we're saying here, like your kids and your kids' kids, they can all listen to this. So just make sure whatever so, you say now, uh, that's terrifying. Dear future children, <laughs> dear future children. It was fun listening to it. Um, I I thought of all the things, you know, like the, the best quip you could have thought of after the fact 
I thought of a bunch of them. I, the first episode I was really trying to find, I could hear my nervousness. Honestly, I was hearing the weight of me going, wow, anybody can listen to this at any time forever and ever. So I better say shit right. So the words were escaping me. The word that our producer Terrence helped me out with that I was looking for when I was talking about like a calling, like a theological calling was right. vocation. Vocation oh, was the word I was looking word. for. Yeah. So that was, that was the one. So I needed to get that off my chest. I found the word. You know, another thing I didn't say in the last interview, because I talked about Peter Coyote and I realized that, you know, I was talking about his history in San Francisco and about how he was like a really big contributor to avant-garde theater to make it more accessible to our listeners. And more importantly to SD Hyam, Peter Coyote is, is the dad of Mandy Moore and a walk to remember. And, (gasps) uh, and also he is the guy that comes at the end of, uh, ET to Elliot and says like, I, he came to me too. So those are two pretty, in my book, Whoa. seminal appearances that I failed to mention that, uh, yes, he's a, he's an iconic San Francisco guy, but also he's done some pretty fucking huge movies. So there oh, you go. That's want to give him a shout out. Yeah. That's wow. Him. Tell Peter, Peter Coyote, man. What a Peter G. Coyote. Let's Ledge. get him on the horn. Let's get him on the pod. He's like a Buddhist monk now, so he's got loads to let's talk. talk about. That's so interesting. Let's let's talk yeah, about it. He's a cool, Peter. and also his voice—he's a voiceover guy. He's been doing like he's—he did—he was the voice of like the Oscars for years. So he has one of these really sexy, sultry. He's got a voice for podcasts. That's for goddamn sure. Well, I have a face for one, so wackity schmackity schmackity Um. But let's get into this week's guest. We have the lovely, the amazing Maya Rudolph. I don't know if our listeners know this, but I, both Darren and I are very big fans of Maya Rudolph. Um, I, I've been lucky enough to spend time with her and her family, and we've become friends over the years. And I still kind of have to pinch myself every time... I get a, a text from her or a call oh, from her because so I'm cool. I, I think, you know, Darren and I, we talk about this all the time, but we still, we get not starstruck, but I think we, we feel like we've been led into this club where we don't necessarily know if, whether or not we truly uh, should be a member of said club, but we are a part of it. But she's varsity, you know, she's got the varsity jacket. She's the cool kid in high school. You know, the junior, senior, we're the underclassmen and seeing her as somebody that you've always wanted to, I don't know, she has an oeuvre that you want to be a part of, whether it's personally, you've been lucky enough to know her in re- in real life, but as a fan, knowing her and her whole, all the things that she does uh, is very much in line with the stuff that you and I do or seek to do as a person who does a few things. You know, she's a comedian, uh, a comedian with two N's and an E, you yes. know, uh, uh a, a musician, uh, a true performer, a true Renaissance woman. And um, I had not met her. I was so excited for this this interview. There's so many things I wanted to talk to her about. And I think we got into a lot of them. I mean, like there was so much more we could have gotten into, but uh, I oh, think I we covered quite a bit. Six hours. I could literally yeah. talk to her forever. And she's, she's just so like her life is, I wanted, is so I wanted to ask her about idiocracy. I didn't do it and I forgot, but that's a movie that she's in. I mean, she's, for those of you who don't know much about Maya Rudolph, um, obviously her meteoric rise, I think, was really uh, attributed to her tenure on SNL. Um, mm-hmm. She just recently won two Emmys. 
for not only her portrayal on SNL as as Kamala Harris, as Vice President Kamala Harris, but also as a voiceover actress on Big Mouth as Connie the hor- mm-hmm. Hormone Monstrous. She's done a ton of movies. We've done, you know, from a lot of TV stuff. Uh, she comes from a big music background. You know her her bands, right, Esty? Yes, The Rentals and Princess. And she has a background in like photography. She has like a lot of things going on that I really wanted to get into the weeds for. So that was really cool. And thank you for making that connection because I forget how much you guys are connected. Oh, I... You guys have this whole LA backstory. I, again, my sisters and I are just, we feel so lucky that we get to even say that we're friends with someone so cool and just all around, just like the best human. Is she from Um, the Valley too? No, she's not from the Valley, but she is from LA. And she was actually born in Gainesville, Florida. Okay. I mean, but still like coming up... You know, around music and around these folks, like that's, I think you guys share a lot in common with having yeah, the same, but the same calling. I, I discovered things that I didn't know about Maya on this interview. Like what? I didn't know that she wanted to be a fashion designer. That was big. Yeah. She says that for a second. We're like, holy shit. Like that's a whole other podcast. I mean, it makes complete sense because she has impeccable style and, you know, I like her, she has a dream closet. She just has really, really good taste in clothing and she... She just knows her shit. And, you know, we we talk about fashion all the time, but I had no idea that she wanted to be a fashion designer. I would wear a Maya Rudolph frock. Oh, my God. I wore a made by, made by Maya a frock. Yeah. Made by on. Maya. I'm into it. This interview was so eye-opening. She really is the true definition of a Renaissance woman. She's just so good at everything. And the perfect first guest. So without further ado, let's get into it. That thing I do with my Rudolph. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line here we are Maya we're so excited to have you here this is so sweet of you to join us thank you for doing I know. this my my thank you for doing this thank you for having me I find it very apropos that you're our first official guest this is Wait, our second really? episode I am? yeah mm-hmm. officially Woo! we wanted you to be the first I wanted you to be my first well, we, uh. we're breaking that. Uh, you know, here's my shitty pun that I didn't use last time, Esty, and it was a horrible missed opportunity. We're breaking our hymen. Hymen? Um, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time I've heard that one. I just hope you've never had anyone say that to you during the act of coitus. You know what? Yeah. I would also be lying if I didn't date men that had made that joke in like the like the creepiest in way the possible. In the heat of the moment. I had to yeah, sit that's... There. yeah, and I had to like sit there slash lay there and just be like, huh? Yeah. That's a deal breaker. For, delete. Delete, no, delete, delete. Apple Z. Hard pass. Hard pass. That's when you just like, you just press the eject yeah, button. Yeah, yeah, Eject, yeah. Yeah, abort. Out, out the Full, door. Fully abort. <laughs> not, yeah, that's, not that's cute. No fun. Not cute. Well, I'm glad I didn't make that joke earlier. No. I think guys in LA just think that they're, they're funnier than the average bear and it's just not not the truth that's true i bet you're right i didn't think about them i mean I, we we grew up there so how would we how would i know any different i guess you're right 
the only reason I think that I think I think is because my girlfriends make me laugh more than boys that I meet in LA. Like I laugh more with my gal pals, but I laugh a lot with boys in Britain. Like British boys make me lol. Mm. That's because they're like, but they're like British boys. Also, are we knocking average bears? Are average bears like some somewhat funny? I, when you said that comparison, like I was, I was like, are we? Do bears have like a baseline of like comic ability that I'm unaware of? Sm- like smarter than the average bear? I said funnier than the average bear. Oh, okay. yeah, where did that start? The, the where did the average bear did that come? Is that from Yogi Bear? Is it smarter than I the thought. average bear? Smarter than the average bear. Oh yeah, that's yeah. okay. Cool. Hanna Barbera. Just wanted to clear that up before I got too confused. Yogi wasn't known for his smarts. Yeah, no, he would. He, he was, was shrewd. Picnic baskets. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say he was smart. Definitely shrewd. He had some smooth qualities for a bear. But it was Yogi Bear, and who was his um, sidekick? Boo boo, boo boo. Yeah, man. Right. Hey, boo boo. I fuck with boo boo, dude. I always, I always like boo boo because boo boo always seemed to be driving the ship a little more. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yogi. he had smarts. Do you guys go back to like um, childhood situations? No, not at all. No, how we know each other. I, yeah. I will say, so uh, back to, I'm going to circle this back as to why I'm so excited that you're the official guest because we started our first episode interviewing each other. I'm from the Bay Area. My, I'm from San Francisco and I always, even though we're both from California, me and Esty, have always been uh, enamored with uh, folks from Los Angeles and not necessarily people coming from the entertainment industry, but just the proximity and sort of the the amazing ecosystem of just being Southern around. California. Just Southern California. I've always been really interested in that scene. For better or for worse. That's nice of you, because most Bay Area folks, I I found as a as a Southern Californian that um, Bay Area was like, we're good without you guys. We don't need. Oh, it's you. true. It is a wildly sophomoric notion that I outgrew very quickly the second I visited L.A. Where it's like, but that's but, probably a protective notion because you live in such a beautiful place. You probably didn't want us to fuck it up. I mean, I feel like that's also just like. You know, like a fun rivalry of just like I remember my whole yeah. life, like fuck LA, fuck the Lakers, fuck the Dodgers. And I came here and was like, oh, wait, I'm an idiot. This is lovely. I love it here. What's wrong with me? Well, you guys kind of switched because my, my, Maya went to school. You see Santa Cruz. Yeah. So you guys kind of had ah, the, the flippity flip places. of it all. You guys kind of switched places. And then I fell in love with the Bay and like all my Bay people. Nice. Did you live in the, did you ever leave there? I'm from San Francisco. I, I've never really like done the, the whole, I've learned to say the Bay Area. After we would go for fun. Sam, Santa Cruz was pretty sleepy, especially after the earthquake. Cause I was there from 90 to 95. Oh. Did a <laughs> the good so, times. Um, the, so everything was pretty sleepy. So we would, we would drive up to San Francisco to go have fun. Beautiful. And then all my friends were from San Francisco and Oakland. And all that was where, where like the, the magic was happening. That's where it was at. I mean, this. OK, so I'm going to put a, t- a pin in two things because I want to get back to something uh, because we haven't had the, the opportunity to talk very much. Maya. I know you've talked to Esty a lot. I was saying the reason why I love that you're a first guest is because there's so many similar pathways uh, between you and Esty, both being from Los Angeles, having a background in music and performing and acting and kind of. You know, I think all of us being gypsies, we kind of just grab onto whatever train takes us somewhere. And it's always mm-hmm. an interesting conversation to find out why and how we ended up where we are when there were several different like doors we could have opened or, or hoped, hoped would open for us, I should say. But I'm going to go back for a second back to Santa Cruz because 
this is something that I've always liked talking to artists about that that did do, go to college and uh, which isn't necessarily indicative of having a career. I'm not saying that's like the end all and be all. But Esty got her major in ethnomusicology or you studied ethnomusicology. I studied right, music. Esty? Yeah, you studied music. Now, for a lot of people, if you're listening to this and you are thinking about going to college or you are in college. You've probably heard a lot of people say your major doesn't fucking matter, which I think is just as reductive as telling a teenager that their problems won't matter when they're older. You don't want to hear that at the time. Right. So I don't want sure. I don't want to say that. However, it is fascinating to me that correct me if I'm wrong, you majored in photography. Yeah. At, in Santa Barbara. Now, excuse me, Santa Cruz. Now, I have to ask about this because you have so many skill sets that you are now known for and I want to know if that ties into anything that you still do? Do you still have an interest in photography? Because you that's four years of telling people that's your major, going to all the classes, doing all the fucking paperwork. Right. So yeah. surely there must be something there. So I just have to ask, why photography? And does it still exist in your mind? There is something there, and I'm glad you called me Shirley. <laughs> I, um, Thank you for referencing that. <laughs> I definitely like the path led to photography. And at the end, I was like, fuck it, photography. That's great. But it was definitely in visual arts um at, at santa cruz i was at porter college which is the arts college like there's no question that i was definitely helicoptering it but the, i was a showman through and through and there was no reason for me to i should have like i wanted in in my heart of all hearts i wanted to go to new york and i wanted to go to tish and i wanted to just like full-blown I wanted to go to fame. I wanted fame yeah. to exist and I wanted that. You want to live forever. Um, and I think, you know, whether it was fear or SA, shitty SAT scores or friends going to Santa Cruz, like it seemed comfortable to go there because I could just drive, you know, seven hours up north and not be too far from home because I was nervous to leave. But deep down, like I wanted to be a performer. So I went to a school which weirdly didn't have like a – it had a theater department, but it didn't have like a, a theater. Right. So I kind of did everything else. And it was certainly, I mean, when I look back, there was definitely a darkness to it too. It wasn't all cute. And I wasn't like, you know, I had my times where I was into it, but there were some moments like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But then like I took, in, you know, women's studies and Angela Davis was my professor. And I was like, that's a hot I know. That's amazing. I know. And then and then the uh, Rodney King happened. The riots happened and we went marching and I marched next to Angela. And I was like, I'm in college and I'm marching next to Angela Davis. But then I wanted I took the, the theater courses and that led me to filmmaking, which I was kind of interested in. And then instead of the filmmaking, I went to the visual arts. So I ended up with photography. I am a visual maker person like i'm still like yes. a visual person that's crazy because so i'm question, not. like it's, it's in there for sure and i feel like if anything there is part of me that wants to like slow down the job part of what i do of like clocking in at five like with for a 5 a.m call or like your pickup right. is 4 38 a.m you know that thing <laughs> like yeah. i'm good now i've oh. done my time i'm almost 50 so i'd like to stop doing that oh and i do feel like there is a desire to make more things with my hands if that's the way to describe it interesting wait yes. Esti, do you have a visual arts sort of again for visual arts because i music anything aural 
performative. I, like I like the, the, you know, how dancers can see something and just do it. Yeah. Artists that can see something and draw it. That blows my fucking mind. I do not get it. And it doesn't. Do you have that skill? Because I've never it's very rare, Maya, that I actually hear performers also having this ability to do the visual art thing. Mm. And that's fascinating to me. I do think that it's connected. I mean, Maya, you know, my mom and my mom was an art teacher. Yep. And my and but she also loved music and she was a performer too i mean my mom you know doesn't take a lot for her to start singing a song i literally just i don't even have to ask her and she's already on a stage with a microphone (laughs) and and but i do think that there is a correlation between all kind of things creative do i have the ability to see something and sketch it out absolutely not do i when I see something, can I tell if I think it's like good or not? Like, do I have taste? I like to think so. I, I know what I like and what I don't. But do I have like the practicar? Like, can I? And also you've like. You've got that. You've got the eye, kid. The eye. I think I got the eye. Yeah, you've got the eye, kid. But the visual part, I like. And also like, I think I'm a little bit more of a drawer and a painter than, than a photographer. Really? Yeah. Do you connect those to your ability as a performer? Because on this thing, we you know that thing I do. We I always try and boil things down to like what it is that ties it all together, together for you. For some people, it's it's um it's you know I don't know selfish fulfillment. I'm not suggesting that's yours. Some some people, it's trying to connect yourself to something great. Like, is there a, th- a thing that connects those two, or is it just like a fun hobby? It, no, you're right. I, I, and and in Nesty's case too, I think it is a visual component. I mean, yeah. There's, you know, I've never, she's like, anytime I see Esty, I feel like she is, there's there, the way that she carries herself, the way that she sees things and makes things put like puts together like a fucking sweater. She's wearing a fucking sweater and and, I, and AirPods, <laughs> but I'm serious, but there, but there is a visual component to her that she can see that not everyone can. Thank you, Maya. But it's true. And I think it's incredibly natural. So it's probably just like second nature. And those things aren't really necessarily taught. Although you are from such a creative environment. So it's hard. Like, I don't even know if Roxa had. Well, you were too, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And and what what about the dancing element? You're a dancer. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a she's a private dancer. Aren't you both dancers? You know what I think I I think I think I'm more of a dancer than I am. I, I I was when I was younger and then for like, you know, classes and stuff. And then when I do it now I'm like, I got this. 5 6 <laughs> 7 8 and then it's not as cute as I thought it was. It's not as cute as I thought it was. I think I'm in that train as well. I'm going to give you some pushback on that because you are an incredible dancer. Wouldn't that be nice to have another dance, like a like a like another dance birthday party? Just a dance yes. floor, man. That sounds so yes. nice. Yes, we will. It's just gonna be a minute. I think when we get home, we can have like a a vaccinate a vaxers only a vaxers only party, and we'll be able to cut a rug again. I'm, I I said that I wanted to have like a studio 54 party <gasps> guys it's gonna be the soaring 20s you heard it you heard it here first the soaring fucking 20s yeah. we're gonna go nuts dress like bianca jagger and liza with a z and all the halston you can stomach you can ride your horse into my studio 54 mm. anytime bianca. Oh, bianca oh she was a ledge 
She's such a talk about dressing well. Gaga gooey. I know. <laughs> That's the actual dictionary term. Gaga gooey. <laughs> I'm going to take this back in. Yeah, let's bring it back because I know that Darren and I really, there really so want to things. talk to you about. There's so many things. And the thing that I think we we obviously, you know, we're such big fans of you and just you in general, obviously, but you as an actress and as a producer and the things that you create, Darren and I are number one fan boys and girls. Thank you, boys and girls. Boys and girls are, I mean, hi, my name is Esty Heim, and I'm the president of the My Rudolph Fan Club. And we've talked about this before, and a little bit on Heim time, but it really, like, I have the most fun when I'm at princess shows. And for those of you that don't know, Maya is in this incredible prince cover band i would say it's a tribute band right isn't that the correct sort of like it's tribute yeah i guess you're right that's a good point i never know what to say i, I what to call it i guess you're right i, best, no, I, I think guess they're right. not mutually exclusive but tribute sounds more i don't know it's like uh it sounds like more class and less ass a little, yeah yeah i was that's what i was going for man <laughs> yeah. it's just got a little more uh, integrity on it for those of you that are listening that haven't been to a princess show maya is one would you say you are one of two front women yes okay um and your counterpart's name is gretchen libram which brings me back to santa cruz you guys yes you guys that's where you guys oh, met right i was starting to say that in college it was kind of i wasn't in love with everything i was doing and it wasn't until i met my friend gretchen in college and she said i'm starting a band do you want to be in it with me and i was like sure and so we were the singers of a band called super sauce and it was a not it was a nine piece funk band in case anyone's taking notes and super it was sauce. like a highlight of my time they were like yeah i was in college and that was fine and i was making friends but we would play shows and we would play at the catalyst they were like oh no doubt was just here. Nirvana played here last week, and then we would we get to play. I would love to so go fun. see Super Sauce circa. Well, so yeah. Super Sauce was um, kind of like the precursor to Princess, our Prince tribute band. Because ah. after our, I did SNL, Gretchen said uh, I was moving back to LA, and she said we should because we we had a mutual love for Prince. And she said we should start a Prince cover band and call it Princess. That was literally what she said. Genius. Great. So it actually, when you say one of two, like we are, we, we just, we've always sung together. That's just kind of the way we sing. We harmonize together. And then it's kind of super sauce. So if you're seeing princess, you're kind of seeing super sauce. I have a question. Question about super sauce and question about the singing. Cause I'm going to bring this back to, I know we kind of dove into photography a little bit, but you know, you were saying something that I really thought was interesting. You said you were helicoptering above all these other things. Like, it sounds like photography was just kind of an arbitrary choice to be somewhat near the things that were kind of calling to you. So, so if if you're doing something like that and then your girlfriend's like, okay, let's start a band out of college. Were, had you had you already considered like, you know, just because I, your parents are both in music. So is music a hobby thing? Is it something that you go, oh, this is like, is this what puts you into the rentals? Was it everything just was like a friend asking you to do something? Or at some point in college, were you like, okay, now that I'm done, 
I'm going to do music or I'm going to go to the groundlings. Like at which point do you make that decision? Is it things like Grinch and saying, join my band, this should be fun. And then you go, okay, yeah. I guess fuck, I guess I'm going to do this now. Or was it a very conscious decision? A little bit of that, like a little bit of like people saying, hey, do you want to do this? And saying, yes. Just That's yes how it. happened because they needed someone to tour. And um, my friend, Rachel Hayden, had her own band, um, that dog, and she couldn't tour. And so she said, call my friend Maya, because we grew up together. And she said, oh, she can play keyboards and harmonize, because that's all we ever did together when we were kids. We would just harmonize. It was three sisters. The Hayden sisters. Yeah. I Except they were triplets. Eerily similar, yeah. Yeah. So um, we would just hang out and harmonize all the time. I'm not so even fun. kidding. Which is, it, talking about it now, I do find it interesting. There was a lot of like, do you want to do this? And me saying, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Right. But, but the only thing that I said I wanted to do was after college, my dad said, what would you like to do? And I said, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. And he said, how are you going to do that? And I was like, that's a, you know, okay, that's a good question. Good question. So I kind of had to figure out like, I think actually his words were, that's great. What are you going to do for money until you get it? Also a good question. But I knew, I knew enough about the groundlings being like a place to actually do sketch and improv. And um, I do find it fascinating now. I'm like, I, I can be honest with myself and say like, yeah, I wasn't really proactive in a lot of those decisions. It kind of had, it kind of took people to approach me and I'd say like, sure. Yeah, I'll do it. The improv of life. Yes, ending life, as it were, if we're going to go Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Someone speaks the language. Oh, someone hath fucked around with it a a few times in my day. Yeah, he did. Maya, that was actually how this podcast came to be. I came to... You're absolutely right. I I came to Darren and I was like, we should do a podcast together about like the origins of like the shit that makes people like tick and like the things that maybe they don't get to talk about as much. On well, particularly like people then, who are sort of multi-hyphenates that kind of dance right. between a lot of different things. That, and then I wore him down and he agreed to do it. So he such said, is life. I was a shitty improv partner. I said no for a long time and the scene wasn't yeah. going very well until I said, okay, yes, let's go there. And here we are. Well, you know the secret language, the secret language of yeah, yes, yes and. Yes and. Yes and. Yes and. It's a very good life mantra in general. For those of you that are listening that don't know or have never done improv, yes anding is I think a much bigger philosophy in life of you know not no but no this like seeing what happens if you yes and life in general sometimes you end up to be my rudolph it keeps the conversation going you know it doesn't it does. stop the karma. i'm not gonna say no to anything ever again probably i mean there's a couple things you should say no to i'm just gonna point those out just in, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot a guy making a Heim, uh, hymen joke, like, no to that guy. Yeah, that's maybe not, no that's to that. That's not fun. Just um, but, but there's ways to say no by yes anding. That's the thing. It's like, you could, it's just being... No, but being, I'll do this instead. Exactly. Yeah. It's being proactive, excuse me, uh, constructive, not destructive, which is like, I think the biggest yes. M-O. M- I was going to say M-N-O. M-O. M-L-M-N-O-P. M-L-M-N-O-P. So I have a question about the singing and the performing thing. So you were... So you go to you go to Groundlings and you're cutting your teeth in improv. Yes, handing the shit out of life and out of working there. Amen. And you're also were you still doing the band thing? Were you kind of doing 
the rentals and groundlings or were you like fuck this no more music no more touring the rentals was actually like a genuine job like i got hired to go on the road i actually i'm in ireland right now working and i and everyone here says oh this is your first time in ireland and you're like i was like yeah yeah it's my first time in ireland. and then the other day i went wait a minute <laughs> I think we played here. I, yeah, tour tour bus really? memories. Of course. I mean, we. You know, I remember flying on Aer Lingus. Of course we. Aer Lingus. Course we, oh, we, can't we, forget we that. We took a trip on Aer Lingus. I'm sure we took. A, I'm morning. sure we took a little a quick little trip there. Little John over on trip. Because we kept <laughs> uh, we kept singing that song. Um, you know, I'm such a fool for you. You got me wrapped yeah. around your finger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to fly Aer Lingus. <laughs> that's that's what would make me remember Ireland as well. I'd be like, oh yes, we were. I remember this song. Yeah, this- I think I had a Guinness or something. But um, but yeah, the the rentals was genuinely like I was hired because there wasn't really a band. Matt Sharp made up a band but it was really just his project and he had all a bunch of his friends play on it and then he needed a touring band so i just did that right like fresh out of the college womb and then after that started doing groundlings and i actually i'm such a greedy little little monkey i i had always loved um like uh, I, I thought I was going to be a fashion designer, but I didn't really. Want, I'm not interested. Wait, wait, wait! What? What? The, you can't just slide past that. Well, I always wanted to make clothes and like do all that, and I and I didn't. But I so when I was making my living, um, putting myself through improv and sketch comedy, I was a costume assistant. So I would do like what music Where? videos and commercials and stuff with my friends that are costume designers. So I got to be around all that stuff because I fucking love clothes. You and me both. Well, this is this definitely ties to the the visual artist thing. I mean, this is like there is a creativity to everything that you clearly have a knack for for trying to maximize, whether with your hands or with your performing. That's interesting, man. I've never thought about that as far as like having because for me, it's one or the other. But that's a totally really unfair way to no, look at life. I can attest, Maya, the woman doth know how to dress. Oh, of course. Oh, are you kidding me? Dude, as, as vice president of this fan club, I've noticed. Well, I feel like I finally figured out that I can dress the way I want to for so many years. Like, I think I thought acting and like promoting things was like this job that you had to pretend to do. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't like sitting in a chair and having them like, you know, like when you're first starting out, you're like, People put makeup on you and right. they like take your picture yeah. and you're like, I don't look like this at all, right. but I don't want to yeah. be the asshole who's like, hey, and, you know, and it takes a minute to finally <laughs> go like, hey, this is not what I look like. Right. And I don't feel comfortable. I need to make it. So it took a very long time, I think, to 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 get to that point. But I do. Um, There's a lot of infamous Haim photo shoots that I wish I could wipe from the internet Wait, where was i was it a, was it something i saw a video of or was it a picture but it, oh no it was, it was on a, the cut, a thing the thing on the cut did you see that yesterday and it oh, said wow. my hair is so shiny i either look like my hair looks so amazing from this towel i either look like a member of heim or 
I forgot the other part. I just I just went blind at the at the mention was like I look like a oh, member of Han. No. And I was like, but it was the it was the title of an article. What for no, you? Did for not, you, Maya? No, Will it was you just send yeah, it, it to me. It was about a a, a hair drying towel, but it was talking about your fucking hair and how great it is in a cool in a good light. okay good that's what i wanted yes. to clarify it was in a good light that's fucking rad i mean i we do have a lot of it that's for damn sure i have these like these weird little like little lord fontaroy oh you girls have the, great hair Essie. we do have like, great hair let's let's be real for a second no you we guys do have great good... hair we do have great hair please send me that article i'm like curious now i know i want immediately find <laughs> no i there's this infamous photo shoot, at least infamous within like the Haim sisters that we did really early on when we didn't really know how to, like you said, like just be like, eh, maybe don't no, that. don't really want that. They, the photographer, we it was uh, us with balloons. There you go. And the photo that they ended up putting on the internet, one of them was just the balloon in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. that sounds yeah. like she doesn't look. She's not really making the cut, oh, but we can't no. take her out of the shot. No, it's more about it's more about the photographer. It's like how so many, you know, articles are really. Although I do think things are changing, because I do think a lot of this snarkiness that was in journalism might be changing because of yes. COVID. It's like how articles were, you know, tearing into creatives by journalists because it was about the journalist and like about the yeah. journalists like coming off as like better than or smarter or more powerful. Totally. Like it had nothing to do with the person's music or movie or creative thing that they were making. So I think the balloon was about the hey Guys, let's not forget those journalists were all failed musicians. So they got a real axe to grind. With you I'm guys, that, too. that is the case in a lot of cases. It is. It is. But I think this not to bring it back to photography. I wish you were the one taking the photo because I know you uh. wouldn't have you wouldn't have made me. He literally was like, I was I remember like it was yesterday. He was like, Loa, Loa. <laughs> oh, no. Loa. I Maya, I swear on the Torah. The one. So they ended up like publishing like three like three photos and then I'm going to look I this think photo pu- up as yeah, soon as just look up Haim balloons. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some, is your face completely obscured or is it augmented? Like with a sort of like concave, like you look no. like a, you have a fatter face, you know, like it, because it's amplified by the magnification of the balloon. No, it basically just like it, it, the one that the, I don't know if the one that's that completely obscures my face is still on the internet. This photographer lost me at balloons. Cause when he asked him to, <laughs> to go buy the balloons, he, I, 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 I lost interest. But like, but again, it's kind of like what you said. Like I didn't, my sisters and I didn't really have the wherewithal at the time to just be like, this probably doesn't really, this isn't really gelling with, yeah. you know, us in general. I think we just were kind of like taught at the time, at least just like go with the flow. Like you don't want people to think that you're like difficult Absolutely. Like blah 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 blah, and, I, and we were just like, "All right, well." I mean, I, guess I know, this- especially as a lady who like you know gets their face painted for work, like because I don't really wear a lot of makeup or ever in life. Like when I first started at SNL, you know, random people would do your makeup, and like they don't, and they'll say like, "What do you like?" And I'm like, "What? I, I don't know. I don't know." 
Same. But then yeah. I, I found like in terms of like self-care or like or like protecting yourself, I found that when I was made in a way that I felt like I don't like myself, I was so unhappy that I couldn't hide it. Or then someone would do your hair and you look like a fucking auntie going to church and they were and I was like, it's great because <laughs> yes. I just wanted to get out of the chair. You know, and I just didn't want to have that uncomfortable altercation and like you just get to a point where you finally figure out how to speak in a way that helps you. Everybody's path is different, I guess, with this stuff. But it took me a very, very long time because deep I down, see. I was not feeling like I was feeling like there were pictures of me out in the world that did not resemble me or reflect anything to do with me. But yes. I thought it was like this is a job you do your yeah. job and i i no, have to 100%. i've had experiences as well and i you know i think i particularly this is a this is a very um uh i'll say tricky journey for especially young women that get put in a specific place of what needs to be the version of themselves in yes. the media mm-hmm. but on a on maybe on a less gender specific tip i also had to go through this where where because for all of us having studied anything uh to perform in whatever capacity there's no part where it's like okay and here's how to look good in magazines you have no fucking clue you're especially it sounds like the three of us are like pleasers and want to make sure we're not being difficult and trying to be as tactful and diplomatic and grateful and you know not as as, we don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers there's so many times where i see shit where it's like i i also had to learn the vocabulary of and the decorum of how to say a thing and like oh can i can i not do this thing with my hair can i because at what fucking point would I've learned that unless I had the proverbial balloon photo shoot? I you needed don't. to have that. <laughs> yeah, you have no fucking clue. Like, how, who tells you that? And how do you represent yourself? Because that person is not you. So how do you build like your avatar <laughs> in this other universe? How is that doll supposed to be dressed? It's like I don't know. I remember when Bridesmaids was coming out, I got a call saying um, they're offering like um i forgot what it was called but it was like would you like to have a little bit of like a seminar in like how to do publicity because i wasn't really like that familiar and and snl has a publicist we had a publicist but snl you don't really get i mean things i think i do think are different at the show now but when i was there like we were just like kids on the show like no one really no one fucked with like we weren't we weren't that exciting right. to be like things have really changed and kids are like the kids what am I hi kids they're really on those kids are on <laughs> those more kids. shows but it's different it's definitely <laughs> different now so we just didn't do that much like press and stuff like that but it's a different world now and i it took me years to get to the point where I would feel comfortable going on a talk show. I mean, years. I was so bad at it. And I, and I, um, I think I remember kind of like developing when you say avatar, like, I think I kind of remember going like in order to take these photos, cause Lord knows I was not born a model and like do these, um, talk shows where I think you're expected to be like on and stuff. I kind of remember when I thought like, I'm going to develop a persona that's like a protective layer. That's not really me, but that's like Mm -hmm. the me that I can live with going out, putting out there, but that is not revealing who I am. Cause I couldn't like, I would go and then people would be like, and, and your family and you're like, and your mom and you're this. And I was like, and I felt like I was going to barf when I got home. Like just, I felt so naked and so exposed. 
and I hated it so much. And then I realized like, oh, I don't have to do that. I'm going to lie a little bit by like kind of yes ending in a lot of ways, like just kind of like making it a little bit more fun and funny and not really like being super naked publicly because I couldn't stomach it. Yes. I am totally with you. There is a version of ourselves that there's there's you as you know you. Then there is the you that other people think they know you. And they have everything to do with each other and nothing to do with each other. And it's a strange thing because you want to honor the version of the 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 superhero version that they think you are. You want to step up to that plate and you want to like, you know, give them a good time, give them the good show. But it is strange when they come in conflict. And where is that compromise of still maintaining your own sense of self with that person? And what's really weird is sometimes... I've found times where I've veered more towards myself in an effort to preserve that, the, who I really think I am. And it's not to the liking of the version that That's people wish right. they saw. And I go, wait, who's right. right here? What am I supposed to do? And it's it's a tough one. Well, then you also feel like you've betrayed yourself and you're like, oh, I'll never do that again. You know, like, right, right. You go out of way like, oh, would you like me to do this? Like, oh, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't like me. You wouldn't. Okay, sorry. I didn't want to anyway. I didn't want to. Sorry. I was just I was just sort of spitballing. Yeah, exactly. For sure. You have to like back paddle. That's such yeah, it's a it's a weird one. But if I may say so, as as a fan and us not knowing each other particularly well, I, I this version of you coming out and talk show Maya Rudolph, I'm a fan. She seems very lovely, very genuine. You I'm know? a fan of every facet of Maya <laughs> She's Rudolph. She's a nice to me. lady yeah. and I like her. She's a friend, like She's all a friend the of mine. But I definitely it, it was a little bit of um trial and error for sure and i think also just like it yeah, comes with, it's a huge learning curve as it comes with the age guys yeah well it's experience and like you also the trial and error of i mean like because no who gets to fucking like who who gets training in this like if you go to juilliard if you're some fucking hotshot actor kid there's no like senior year class of like and here's how to deal with the press no. press line. isn't that weird i mean i'm sure someone has asked you more than one million times like so how do you get into it or like how did you start th- and you realize like oh you're just fucking making it up as you go along until do it. you yeah get there. like there's no i don't know it's so it's a demanding yeah. job yeah it's all pretend it's all fucking i pretend. know it's wild I know, and I always feel bad for it's the folks insane. that don't, like, like, it is, it's strange to me that, you know, someone like, I don't know, fucking like Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Like, one of the greatest living, like, performers, that at some point that this guy that has this gift from, like, the, from on high has to also be expected to show up and be good at, like, kissing babies and passing out cigars. Right. I'm like, that's not fair. If Picasso was alive, I wouldn't be like, oh, dude, you better be really good at, at Celebrity Jeopardy when you go on. It's like, no, he's a fucking no. artist. See, therein lies the rub. He was smart, and he was like, I'm not going to fucking do that. And I, I want to say that, too. Right. But I'll never be able to say that. I'll never be that fucking cool. And it's also, a different thing. I'm a people pleaser. So you want me to do it? I'll do it. And I'll do it in a way that I can stomach. Because the first times I started saying yes to doing things, they hurt my soul and shattered my my Aww. dreams. And it was really? painful. And it took a minute to like figure out, okay, this is how I can do this. And be able to like right. the next recalibrate. And, yeah. And be okay. Well, so I'm going to bring it to now because I know why you're in Ireland. And this occurred to me right before you, uh, when Sloan was on. She's like, you're in Ireland. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, because about 
very early in the pandemic, actually, so I was in New York, I was doing a play and before things got shut down, we had a couple days where it was kind of uncertain before I came back to Los Angeles. And I had dinner with my good buddy, Adam Shankman. Oh. And uh, Adam Shankman was, we were talking about, he knows I'm a big Enchanted fan. I was that dude in college that like went to a midnight screening of the new Disney movie only to find out that of course there's no midnight screening. You're like, who, who are you? This is a children's movie. Come back at 11 a.m. How are you an adult man coming at midnight? What's wrong Darren, with you? That's so cute. So me and my buddies that's came back so the next cute. day. So I, I love that movie. Big, big fan of the franchise. Or I guess now to be franchise. And uh, I was asking about casting. Not because uh, I'm an actor, but because I'm a fan. And uh, when your name came up, I was just like, fuck, yes, yes. Everything about that, yes. A thousand times, yes. Because she's a singer. She's, she's a comedian. She's got all the chops to make this work. And if they do, if she does not get cast... Uh, just between us girls, I remember there were other names being mentioned. I was like, no, fuck that. Absolutely not. When we get off the Zoom, I'm going to get those names, baby. <laughs> yeah, you get those Let names. Let write it down. Call up Shank. We're going to pick them off. They're not allowed on this show. Mr. Shankman. But I remember just thinking how cool this would be. And uh, and if I'm if I'm being real honest, I don't think they were Adam's names. They were the, the you know, the, the higher, the, the, the dudes in the suits. That's why I want to hear them. Have you ever, isn't yeah. it fascinating yeah. like, when, when you find out like when you were going to do something and then you see the person that did it and you're like, that's the way, that's the world that they see me and that's so fucking weird. Oh, well, I think you might be confident. I don't remember who it was, but I think it was ev- people were like wildly different, which is always nice because then you're like, oh, okay, there's not a, clearly a um, That's true, I guess. Like a, a type. But I'm so insecure. I'm like, am I like that person? Really? Well, clearly you're not because you got it and fuck those other people. So I'm so glad that you're shooting this movie. I don't know if you're in the middle of it or you're finished or whatever. I but, just, uh, no, I just started. I mean, I just, I just came out of a very heavy quarantine. The the quarantine here is no joke. So you got to, you got to quarantine for a very long time. And then you walk outside and it's the most magical um, place where so beautiful, all yeah. dairy is fresh and, and your bread doesn't go, Oof. your bread goes bad after three days because it's so damn fresh. Because it's so good, yeah. It's yeah. shocking and everyone sign. is nice. Like, okay, they said everyone's nice and I was like, I get it. And I was like, oh no, but everyone is nice. Like it's, they're kind and they're sweet and they're thoughtful and the irish are deliriously heartwarming that's like their national i know legacy also like right now this time of the year the the sun isn't going down i sent you that video esty but it was like 9 30 at night and it was just like that yeah you're up there oh my god it's so pretty it's the same thing here it's wild and it really kind of messes me up yeah it messes you up plus it messes i mean it messes me up in the sense that like i am in no way shape or form like as a 35 year old woman now, like I don't party like partying is like not is not really my thing. However, in London, because the sun literally doesn't go down, people are just going. So like and there's no there's no stop button like people just want to keep going. And I think it all, it's also a byproduct of the fact that there's been a pandemic and that things are opening up in London. Well, it's a bank holiday here this weekend. And I heard that like in Dublin over the weekend, like people had flooded the streets so heavily that they were being pushed away with batons. And I said that to the kids and they were like, batons? You mean, (laughs) like, (laughs) go with it. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes, guys. They're all a bunch of conductors. The police force is actually just these maestros that just (laughs) magic them away. Zoinks, Scoob. I wish I was in Ireland with you. That sounds like a dream. Um, I know we can't like talk about the movie, but uh, for for our listeners, I was referencing uh, the the sequel to Enchanted, which is Adam Shankman is is directing. And I we don't know we're not going to talk about the part or anything that you're doing on it. But because the first one was a musical, I'm just going to assume it, hope, and make uh, no concrete aspersions, but just put putting out of the universe. That if we're lucky, we get to hear you sing in this movie. You don't have to confirm or deny that. That would be very cool. That would be very cool. And that would tie together a lot of the other things we're talking about. You get to like sing and perform. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're doing some principles, doing some photography work in it. I don't know. I'm actually drawing all the (laughs) costumes. I get to draw. That would be the ultimate everything, right? That would be cool. I actually did have these fantasies in quarantine that... You know, my family would like band together and like a all my children would become musicians like their cut like their Heim cousins <laughs> and that, that we would be like a family where we like make movies. And then, you know, I like make the costumes and and our or like um, how uh, Coppola's wife um, would go on, you know, on location with him and she was the set photographer. I was like, maybe I'll do that one day. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's sweet. Although I really kind of think that it would be fun. I like, um, I don't know. I like to, to speak a language here and there. I, sometimes I find, I'm fancy myself oh. a linguist. So I was like, well, if the boy from the valley needs to go to another country and like speak the language, I'll be happy to like be his interpreter i mean wait where would you want to go yeah i was gonna say you have you have a knack i think we're all musical ear people here so accents and like character sounds and languages do come naturally so i think probably all three of us do you speak language do you speak multiple languages i do sd you do too right yeah i do too you've got that yeah, we've got a couple languages between all of us. What do you guys speak? Darren speaks Japanese. Io parlo italiano. Je parle français. Nihongo, Nihongo, hanashimas. Oh, wakarimasu. Wakarimasu ne. Hai, choto, choto muzukashi. Demo, I don't know. I'll just say choto, choto skoshi. That was very good. Thank you. It's a, it's a fun copy. That was my quarantine project was learning languages, but that's something that always comes naturally to me because of. Because of the music, I don't just, it's a language thing. It's like I sucked in school. Languages, yeah. great, easy. Love languages. How did you study them? Did you use an app or a human? This is such a longer conversation. And because you are a guest of honor, I, I don't want to open up too much because I know myself and I know I'll talk too much. But <laughs> let's just say I did a variety of things. I've taught myself a few different languages and I have a whole methodology of like, I always go with a certain app first that I actually do because people usually buy them, do it for two days and then go, that was fun. They're done. And then they give up. Yeah. It's like right. a workout program or a diet. It's like they buy it to feel good and they don't actually fucking do it. So I actually do it. Then I get a tutor and then I immerse myself hardcore. My That's phone is in that language. Yeah. It's, it's a big to do, but I highly recommend it. I'm so impressed. And I'm so, so glad I asked you that question because most people don't do that. Well, I did. And that's a whole other, we'll talk about it in our, in our post interview, sort of po- exit interview. But uh, yeah, there's, it's I want to hear Maya speak a different language. What Maya, That's what, what I was going to say. What's your language? What, what do you want to do? Yeah. J'étudiais français en l'école et j'habitais avec une famille en France. And then... Um, so, famille en France, maintenant? No, no, no. When I was in, when I was in high school. Oh, very cool. You see that's how nice. I gave up there? Yeah. And then... Um, 
my stepmom's Japanese, so I speak very, very limited amount of Japanese. So I understood what you said. My, I just literally, I said like I speak a little. That's it. My wife is the one that's like really talented at it. Well, here's the problem: is that I studied um, Japanese in college because I thought like, oh, I should really learn this language because I only really spoke restaurant Japanese growing up. Or like when we went to Tokyo when I was 14, I always got headaches, and so my stepmom taught me how to say. Zutsugashimasu, like, Zutsugashimasu, yeah. <laughs> just like in case I was somewhere and I had a headache and I needed to tell somebody, but, um, like, like, um, because it's such a different language as you know, and it's not a romance language. Like you can't just like, it's almost the way that Yoda speaks right. like hungry. I <laughs> always say that. Yes. It, it's syntactically Yoda speak. If people don't yeah. understand how syntax works, the verbs last. Yes. If you're not speaking it on a daily basis, if you're not immersing yourself, or if not there, it goes, it's gone. So I only have left, like, like I say, restaurant Japanese. This brings up a really interesting thing that I'm going to try and tie to everything as seems to be my sort of general uh, Talent. thing that I like to do. That's that's the thing I do is I like to tie it all together. <laughs> but the reason why I love languages and Essie, this is going to come up a lot because, you know, performing, photography, drawing, designing, playing, all of it, it's a language. And there is a through line to there are natural laws and rules and regulations that kind of make things work or not work. And what I love about I've, I've learned a lot of languages. I teach languages. I, I, what I love particularly about Japanese is how quickly you realize that language itself, communication itself is completely abstract and arbitrary, that there is no one way to say anything so when people go oh how do i say this in how do i say this in english in japanese i'm like all right i'm gonna stop you right there you don't say it in english and japanese you just say it in japanese so i guess what i'm trying to say is that what's fun about communicating is that you can choose your own like everything has its own like pathway there's no like things things are not black and white we don't live in a sort of like concrete universe of like absolutes things are very abstract and amorphous and i love that you know it's like when you're in another country and someone tells a joke and you're like why is that funny you know it's like oh yeah and it's like you called somebody an asshole it's like well we don't really call people assholes here it's like you don't you know it's something you can't tell a joke in another language and have the same oh yeah you can't give them a pill that gives them thousands of years of, of historical and social context exactly. that can inform Jokes why this joke Exactly. And that's what language and music and culture is tied to. It's thousands of years of cultural shit that like is baked into the cake of a language. Like there are things in Japanese that they're funny to us because we're not Japanese, but they exist because of systems that have been around in Japan forever. You know, and so I don't know. I, again, this is a huge Pandora's box that I I could get. I into. love it so much. By the way, I didn't know until I got to Ireland that Irish is a language. Is a language. Oh yeah, on the yeah. Str- on the signs. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Irish is nuts. Talk about Yoda. I, there, that is some, like, there's no correlation. There's nothing. And it's, yeah, because like, you go to Spain or something and you see, like, romance languages where you're like, oh, okay, like, I know what the banyo is. That makes yes. sense. Yes. Uh, don't as we opposed all. To, don't we all? It's ba- <laughs> basic knowledge. But when you go to, like, Ireland, it's like, all right, restrooms and underneath it, it, it says, and you're like, oh, oh, it, shit. It, I and it has an accent over it. It's, oh, yeah. There's the there's a sign for, like, you know, um, uh, picking up dog shit there on the, <laughs> in the neighborhood. It says, mind the poo. Right. But then it's also <laughs> like, or, or no, it says, bin, bin the poo. 
which is Opening even cuter. The poo. But then it's got the Irish over it, and it's like cockles, cockles, I'm oob. Yeah, <laughs> extraordinary. Nowhere near it. Nowhere near. But so damn. No idea. You know what else is so beautiful, other than one million other things here? The um. Well, the birds sound fake. I'm just going to start with that. But um, no, some of the names. True. Like cartoon birds, yeah. Oh, they sound like fake. They're, they're, there's magpies. I'm looking at one right now outside. It's like this beautiful, huge black bird with white on it. And it, it sounds like someone took an animatronic like bird out of Disneyland and was like, I'm going to put this out your window. Beep, beep. Yeah, like yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But the, the names, some of the the people's names. Um, I was talking to someone whose daughter's name is Efa, and it's spelled A O I F E. Yeah, Celtic. Yeah, yeah. in the Irish. It's like yeah. Eve. It's like the name Eve. It's Efa. Efa. Yeah. Or Orla Aoife. or Ona. Una. Yeah, and they all have like nine letters that aren't pronounced in it. Yeah, I love oh. that. There was somebody who was saying that their last name was like T B H. B-H. And and no, you probably no. pronounce it like Gnamaho or something like that. Something yeah, with none of those yeah. letters. Yeah, they're the neighbor there's the there's an area near us called Dunleary. Uh-huh. So I've been looking for it. Cause I was like, well, Dunlaguerre is down the street. And that's how they spell it. Dunleary. I have to give a side note. One of my favorite conspiracy theories early on in the pandemic for us staying home, this is like the dumbest shit ever. Can't was wait. was that they listen the government's trying to put us inside so they can change the batteries in the birds oh yeah because pigeons aren't because pigeons are robots who said that it's like a dumb internet meme it's a conspiracy. conspiracy joke that court that that coronavirus was just a ruse to get us to stay inside so the government could change the batteries on the birds. all the birds so when you're like oh these magpies look like animatronic disneyland birds i'm like maybe they are maybe they fucking are those might be those could be yeah what, 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 are, what are the what are the uh, the 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 pigeons do that need batteries? Are they spies? Yes, like they're probably. Who knows? They're, they ha- they have cameras in their eyes, and that's how the government looks after. I mean, this is like this conspiracy theory. I was also fascinated with Darren. Thank you for bringing I think it's it up. Adorable. Because <laughs> the big takeaway was the big question they would ask people that were like, "Well, that's not true." Was well, when have you seen a baby pigeon? They're not ready for the streets, man. Where are they? They got they got a hideaway in those. Where are the baby pigeons? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, there's only adult pigeons. <laughs> they only the got camera? one pigeon model. Where's the camera? Like is in, the, it, in their eyes? It's, but their eyes don't meet you. It's their butthole. Like, is it in their butthole? Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a better. Yeah, you're right. That's a better vantage point. You're like, right. if you're gonna put a camera somewhere, I think what we've given more dignity to this theory than it deserves. <laughs> This is but, but you're right about the baby pigeon. I'm not gonna lie. I've never. I don't know that I've seen one. I'd get nervous. I've never seen a baby pigeon. I'm like, what are you doing here? This is not correct. You got now. Get back. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense to me. I'm gonna tell all my friends. Maya, this is actually why we brought you on this podcast was to get you on our side. <laughs> That's the whole purpose of this podcast. I have a question for you, which I'm sure you've you've both talked about because you're obviously um, highly intelligent creative people is why is there why do you think there is a um a symbi- symbiotic uh, symbi- 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 um, so like a like a, um, a connection between comedians and musicians yes thousand percent 
Uh, but I, Esty, you can go off on this. I have a whole theory on this. I, I, I cannot wait to hear your theory. I think they are they are this they are of the same beast uh, for a variety of reasons because comedy is music. It's timing, timing, uh, cadence, dynamics. Um, I think I'm thinking of all your colleagues from SNL, Dana Carvey, uh, who was I, I, the class before I realized, but um, uh, Armisen, Armisen's a great example. Yourself, Maya. I think there's a lot of people who. Who are engrossed in Blues music. Brothers? Blues Brothers. I mean, this I'm I named like three of like four of like a gajillion, but like Gilda Radner. Gilda Gilda's a great example. You have all these people that um have a musical wiring. Steve Martin. Steve Martin, for fuck's Steve sake. Steve Martin. Martin Short. There's all every, there's t- tons and tons and tons of people that have this ability. And they are absolutely related. I think that's it's no it's no like mystery to me when you find out some really funny person has a huge musical ability because they are it's music. You you are we you're threading the needle of a musical delivery, you know? Journey. And uh it's yeah, so I think they're absolutely like part of the same coin. I love it. I think it's one of those fascinating things also that like all musicians love spinal tap. Which by the way, who doesn't love spinal tap? <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. If they don't love spinal tap, they're a fucking moron, but I love when musicians quote funny things because they have very good taste in funny things. Isn't there oh, some yeah. quote, some adage of like all comedians want to be rock stars, all rock stars want to be, no, no, comedians want to be actors, actors want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be comedians? Or is there some kind of like circle of yes. desire? Where, there is a triangle there. Yeah, I forget what, it's, I may have misquoted that. I heard that the from The triangle somebody. of life. Yeah. The Simba, it is a triangle of life. The symbiotic. Simba. No, was that too? Was I that, do think. Reach? I do think also in general. I think some of the most like loved iconic artists of all time were funny. One hundred. I think the beat. Like you look at the Beatles and like their early interviews, exactly. and like part of the reason I think they were so loved. I mean, the music was great, but I think also. Their personalities. They're fucking funny ass kids. Yeah. Like these, they're funny and yeah. they didn't take themselves seriously. And I think, you know, although again, this goes back to British boys being funny. I was going to say like, you know, like the Mick Jaggers of the world yeah. who were just kind of like had like swagger and confidence, but also were like in interviews were just really funny and on stage had jokes. Dude, I'll give you the OG funny British boy who is a fantastic Ew. musician and a wonderful songwriter and one of my favorite performers of all time, fucking Charlie Chaplin. You know, I mean... Oh, Charlie Chaplin. Major funny man, songwriter of Smile Though Your Heart Is Aching, Smile I Even Though It's Breaking. straight to Elton John. Nope, I, I skipped... I, a, yeah, I, that's, I, I was a misdirect. By the way, have you guys watched 1971 yet? No. No. That's what you need to do tonight. What is... Been, wait, I don't even know what that is. What am I Apple, looking up? It's a new Apple new series. New Apple series, yeah. And we picked it up when we got here and it's like a six or eight parter. When you said Mick Jagger, I was like, ding, because it's all, it's only footage, but every, but people are being interviewed. So you hear the interviews, but it's like them and, you know, the stones in the South of France. It's everything taking place in 1971. John and Yoko. Yeah. The year that changed music, the year everything music changed, right? That's the year the music changed everything. David Bowie playing Glastonbury. At five o'clock in the morning, and they, everyone is like waking up or asleep. You need to watch. Yeah, wow! Yeah. I can't wait. Wait, is this a Gary Getzman original? Is this what he was? No, talking about it should end? be. It, oh, should be, but it's not. It's a. It's an Apple. Is it a few episodes, or is it just like one big chunk? No, it's like six or eight. We spent. Damn! Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Get it. Get in your cozies. 
get in your onesie and put it on. I'm in it, bro. I, I'm already. Thank you I'm for going from thank you for telling me because I've had nothing to watch and I feel like I've burned. What are you talking about? Everything. You have the entire catalog of all recorded media at the touch of a button. But that's what I'm. I'm. I'm t- I have nothing. I've. I've. Darren, you know this about me. I see. I watch everything. It just takes the person to tell me what to watch, You're right. and then I watch it in one sitting. No, it's I'll true. Watch You're it. I'll watch it. I'll watch anything. This. Yeah, we do need a guru, a guide. There's some good Ike and Tina footage of Tina when you're like, oh, <sighs> that documentary fucked me up. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch it yet. See, okay, that's that'll be our trade. We'll do 1971. That's a trade. You, watch you should Tina. watch that. I think a lot of us music nerds, like we know, like a lot of the the story, the good, bad, and the ugly of Tina's story, uh, and they put it together in this really beautiful kind of like almost like a sign off for her. She, you could tell that yeah, she did this as like, look, like. I've talked about that shit in my life a lot. Here's the last time I'm going to do it. Here's some extra shit. By the way, I'm one of the coolest women alive. And uh, peace. That's, and the, that's one the of the most talented ever. <laughs> that's, it's amazing. I Literally. Like that, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh. Um, I feel like we've taken a lot of your time, uh, Maya. So you I, guys I, have perfectly time because they just came home with Indian food, so I'm going to eat dinner. Go eat your dinner. Um, if there's, I have one last question. We'll try and answer it quickly. If you had... If you had, with all the things that you're doing and all the things that you can do, you mentioned, you know, wanting to, jokingly saying, I want to like draw uh, d- costumes for my family band uh, movie theater company or whatever you call it. Is yeah. there a thing that you're like, you know what? I really want to make sure I haven't, I haven't done this yet. And this is the next thing that I'd love to do in ideal world. If you had your druthers, maybe it is the family band thing. I don't know. But what's the next thing? I think thing? it should be the family band. What's the, what's the thing you would like to do? I'm so nervous about making real music. It's very scary to me because I because I, I, I feel less like a musician and more like a musical person in that I don't, to me, like singing in a voice that's my voice as opposed to like imitating someone else's voice that makes sense right is yes probably the most terrifying frontier that i would like to sort of conquer and i don't even know if that means that i'm like i'm gonna my album drops in 2040 <laughs> or it's like you know just getting a chance to find out what my singing voice sounds like as you know, that sounds that's me yeah, because no, I, I get like, that. Like I, I mean, music I think is just overwhelmingly emotional to me. But I, I love it, and I love to sing. And more than anything, I love to sing with other people because I love to harmonize. Like that's my. Yeah. I realize that and you're so good at it. Well, I realize that's more my instrument. Like I don't really play that much of an instrument. I play keyboards, but I'm not. I'm not like a good piano player. I. My instrument is singing with another person. You blend. I-, I think that that tracks with your your career of like you you can lift other people up with them. I mean that's the sort of basis of improv. That's a lot of the stu- a lot of the great ensembles that you've been part of in the past. You know you're adding the missing third, the missing fifth, this the the seventh. Like you're adding the harmony of this sort of collective piece. And you've done that so wonderfully throughout your career that that makes sense that you would say, I am good at harmonizing. Cause I think if you look at harmonizing as a metaphor for like making shit work with a group with all the shit that you've done, like that fucking makes sense. But it does pose an interesting question of like, what is my single singular note sound? Like? My voice sound like, yeah, that's interesting. Well, I hope you that's find so it. thoughtful that you said that. I feel very seen. Yeah, I get it. That's, I mean, as a massive fan, like I, You've done that. And by the way, late congratulations. I couldn't believe that the first Emmy was for Connie, but much deserved. 
Thanks, much homie. deserved. Big, big, big mouth fan over here. This household. We love Connie. We big can't ups. take a take a bubble bath without quoting you. She dirty. She she, she dirty. dirty and hairy. <laughs> we love Connie. She's a good lady. She's a good hairy hairy lady. Thank Aww. you, Darren. Congrats You're so on that. Funny. Thank you. I know. I, it's nice. It's like and 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 it was nice to get it in COVID because I didn't have to go anywhere or get dressed up. But also like. It is nice to to be acknowledged in sometimes in that way. Well, I was like, oh shit, I just won something. Yeah. Like, that feels good to win. Like I don't win shit. Yeah, Esty, cool. she got Listen, two by the way. Same. It wasn't just Connie. It was also for, it was also for SNL. I think. I didn't right? get a Brit. Yeah. Though. I didn't get a Brit award. I don't have a Brit, but that's why Listen, we have Esty. This was my this was my first foyer into the journey of winning. I've I haven't I've, I haven't won anything before. So this was. A new feeling. Well, I feel I, I feel like I got to say all the all the praise and get all the questions from my it's such a pleasure to get to talk to you as such an admirer and somebody that kind of tries to navigate a lot of the same things you've been able to navigate so brilliantly. It's truly a joy to talk to you. I'm just such a massive fan. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you. This was such a this was such a rich and delicious conversation with such ta- talented humans that it's like it's really fun to I felt like I felt like Thank it's a fucking hand, easy to, easy to bounce in. I I christened this show a hit. Yes, you, really, you did. Ah, you. oh, your mouth to God's ears. That was our interview with my Rudolph. It was it was it could have gone on for hours and hours and hours. I was so excited to be able to say anything to her. I think I was probably rambling a little more than I would have wanted simply because I was so excited to have an audience with her. So thank you. You Esty, were great. For that up. You actually kept your cool. You really kept your cool on that one, Darren. Thank you. I I I like to think I I did as well. But again, you I were literally great. Could, I could talk that for was a our, while. That was our first um, interview in the can. In the can, we did it. There were things that we didn't do this episode that we talked about in our first episode. We wanted to do segments. We had this thing called Breakfast Epiphanies that we could still do, but I really wanted to get in the meat potatoes of having a guest and someone as amazing as Maya really deserved just kind of carving as much time out for that as possible. So, you know, 100%. we're still figuring this out as we go along. So we might do one of those segments next time. But Our listeners um, are going to grow pretty, with us. Pretty good about that. They're going to grow yeah, with that's us. That's the thing we're, we do is we grow together. We grow. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to Darren Chris, my partner in crime, the Samson to my Delilah, the Abbott to my Costello. I love you. That was so much fun. I can't wait to do this. You know, every every yeah, week I look forward awesome. to it. More interviews, more friendships to be made. And I'm so I'm so happy that we get to do this together. And I hope everyone has as up. much fun as we did. Let's keep it up. That Thing I Do is a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. If you like the show, which I know you do, please be sure to like us, follow us, and leave a glowing review. Thank you for listening to our show. We'll see you next time. Bye.